Time for rolling. The right targets. That is one trade. T Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boy Top. Surrey Strike is not oh. enough. Tyler goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's going to get one. He's got to get two. Lost Boy oh. Top. Top, he does it. He gets the two versus one turnaround under the turret. He lifts two. Is a god. That Welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, the weekly podcast that brings you Vainglory Esports. From predictions to recaps and analysis, we present to you the best in professional Vainglory. Now, here's your hosts, Inglis and Krutzloth. It's Time for Rolling Hey, how's it going, guys? It's Endless55, and welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, episode 050, episode 50. Uh, we have hit a milestone. We are halfway to 100. It has been... How many months has it been, Crude? When we start March? I can't do, I can't do that uh, math that fast. Uh, it's been... Yeah, like six, seven. Seven months or weeks? What do you go in there? <laughs> Well, definitely not weeks. It's I mean, we're in we're in November first here, practically. Right, right. So. so yeah, around seven months we've been going. Um, it's been a long seven months. So to celebrate, we will be doing a giveaway. And if you've been listening the entire seven months, you need to go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. No, that's one hundred percent true. If you if you've stuck with us for seven months, you are the real. You are the real. So you deserve to get a reward. So hopefully, you will win the giveaway that we will be doing, which we will be giving more information. Hopefully, in the future, it will in uh in, entail ice. I know that it may entail other things. Uh, not quite sure yet, but I'll uh, be looking out for that. Uh, my co-hosts that you did hear talk were Crude Sloth and Belligerent. How's it going tonight, guys? Oh, it's going fantastic. Belligerent, what's up, man? I'm tired. I'm dirty. I'm hungry. Work took way too long, but I'm here. Agreed. So I'm, I'm good. Agreed. <laughs> Crude has been anxiously ready to uh, record this. So let's get right into it. Week two, split two. Um, it was honestly pretty scary. If we want to go along with the Halloween theme, a lot of crazy stuff happened. We all, you know, pretty much flopped on our picks. Uh, salty potatoes, you know, their names thrown out there this week for some unknown reason. TSM Cloud9 not making it to the finals. So we got a lot to talk about this uh, uh, this episode. Let's start with EU real quick. Um, first matchup, Clammy Reborn versus Salty. Like I mentioned, Salty does take them down two to zero. Mouseforts versus Clash. Mouseforts does take that two to one. Clash did put up a good fight. Uh, our next matchup, Dynasty versus Fnatic. Fnatic Belligerent does get this right. He says Fnatic was going to be back this week. Uh, so they kind of were back. They do beat Dynasty two zero, and then Belligerent comes in clutch once again. SK versus G two. Uh, you know, he said SK is going to have to lose in day one eventually. So this was it. And G2 does pick up the win over SK 2-0. So moving on to the semis in uh, EU, Mouse for Salty. Salty comes out swinging, wins this matchup 2-0. to 
don't know really what happened. Uh, Mouse, I honestly did not watch it. Uh, this weekend was a long weekend of, you know, missed a lot of Vainglory, but hey, we're still here. Um, uh, what, hap- what happened was Mouse got way too cocky, especially game one. Leon was weapon power grace in the lane, and I'm just right, like, right. dude, come on. Like, that, in my opinion, I think they got way too cocky, and then they started, the second game, they started getting some better picks, but still, I think Salty had their number at that point, so yeah, that was just a quick little breakdown about that. That's my opinion. Weapon powered grace is OP. Um, the second semifinal is G2 versus Fnatic. G2 wins that two to zero. So unfortunately, Belligerent can't get those points of Fnatic going to the finals. Uh, so our finals is Salty versus G2. Salty still plays well. G2 does win that though, two to one. G2 is our champion once again. It is nice seeing them back up like the normal G2 we used to see. Dark, uh, Dark Potato played really well this weekend. I did see catch some highlights from him. Uh, that was Dark Potato's good. Alpha is back. Thank God. Did he play Crystal Alpha all weekend? Was it Crystal? I know he played uh, Alpha on day one. I don't remember if okay. it was Crystal or Weapon. I honestly don't remember. I was just yeah, too excited to see it. Crystal. He wrecked with it. Right. And then the third place was Mouse versus Fnatic, and Mouse wins that 2-0. to zero. So when it comes to um, our points in uh, e- EU, Belligerent, like I said, he gets the three three points from day one that's pretty much it um i get two points and crude gets two points so we all kind of struggle the final point standings right now for europe are sk gaming with 30 g2 with 26 salty with 16 mouse with 15 fanatic 14 dynasty 12 uh calamity 2 clash 2 one more topic before we move on from both of you i want to hear how we feeling now about eu because we got sk um actually you know there's a team behind them g2's got 26 so they're right there behind them crude how do you think it's gonna end up you think sk is gonna you know get their stuff together the last two weeks or we think g2 is the team for eu i mean i think sk will get their stuff together uh they're not gonna play g2 again week one like they did this week so even i'm now i'm not saying you know they're gonna win out the rest of the championships the rest of the week and i don't know all the matchups and stuff but I feel I feel like you know they're going to have some easier comp- competition on day one, whether it's you know Clash or whoever they have left to play. I have no idea, but I know it's not going to be G two. No, I'm talking about SK. SK plays Fnatic, I believe. So still, I mean, Fnatic hasn't been what they used to be as as of right now. Now that could completely change because it is Europe, but. Yeah, SK will be playing Fnatic. But, you know, Belligerent said Fnatic may be back. So they did play well last week. They could be playing even better this week. So, Belligerent, how do you think about EU is going to finish up? Well, I think the EU just got a lot more interesting. Let's not overlook the fact that SK only had... If they made the finals, they didn't even have to win the finals. If they make the finals this weekend, they lock up their world spot. Right. And they came out and laid an egg. Yeah. And now, you know, G2 is right on their heels. I personally, nothing against SK, but I would really love to see G2 end up taking that spot. I'd love to see them back in it. Uh, they were a tough opponent uh, when I faced them in London when I was with Gangstars. Uh, I think those guys are a solid squad. And But either way, it's good to see g2 back in the mix um i'd also like to point out 
I'm the only one that got any kind of matchup right on day two in EU. It just ended up being in third place <laughs> in the finals where I predicted it. <laughs> but I was the only one that even got any of the matchups correct. Yeah, you know, I uh, we all had Mouse kind of in the finals. We're like, oh, this Mouse team's kind of for real. But we all did mention, you know, Mouse is going to have to perform well week after week to actually prove to us that they're a strong team. So, you know, this week kind of showed us that, you know, if they just go out there and have fun, which I understand it's just a game. They want to have fun. But if you're going to pick up some interesting picks, try to just, you know, show off and, you know, against a team like Salty, even a team like Salty Potatoes that has sneaky and really strong, you know, strong players, you know, you're going to lose. So, you know, if Mouse plays normal, I think they are a strong team. So we'll have to see what Mouse shows up next weekend. Uh, you know, that'll be interesting to see because I believe Mouse is playing G2. So we got some big matchups next weekend. Yeah, I think we talked about it. I don't remember if it was in the prediction episode or the recap last week. But the way that Mouse is approaching this since they picked up Leon, to me, just isn't going to work. You can't be that inconsistent and expect to win at the highest level. I know they pulled it off the first week they did it. But like I said, it's not going to work on a long-term basis. Uh, Leon has... make some spectacular plays, but he just brings this kind of chaos to the team that he's on, like Weapon Grace in the lane. Not that you can't make Weapon Grace in the lane work, but there's probably, right. you know, 15 better Weapon laners to try right. than Weapon Grace. So it's it's just those kinds of decisions and the kind of inconsistency that, frankly, they're doing to themselves. Like Fnatic is known for being an inconsistent team. Hell, Nova, my team, is known for being inconsistent in NA. But it's just because of their performance. Mouse is like forcing themselves into inconsistency by taking I'm the Doom, who is thought to be, you know, if not the one of the best junglers in EU, and suddenly sticking them in the lane, just at some random match. So they really just need to figure out what their identity is going to be. Yeah. And stick with it because I thought that after the first week of split two, they showed that they had something, Right. but now they just kind of threw it away. I don't, I don't remember what the points are. Can you pull the points back up? Yep. For you. Um, hold on. on. Because like, it feels like, they can you see him now really yeah i can see him it feels like they they really threw away an opportunity let's see they're at 15 and sk is at 30 so if sk wins one more game mouse just put themselves out of it right Uh, because there's only six there's a maximum 16 points left in in the season and to get all 16 points, the same team has to win both weeks in a row, which we already know is hard enough to do. So the likelihood of Mouse being able to catch SK is really, really small now. So even if SK loses loses to Fnatic next week, if they take a game off of them, they... I mean, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head who has the head-to-head between SK and Mouse. But if they win two matches, if they get past day one next week, Mouse can't take 
Mouse can't win worlds because they decided to do something like Weapon Grace in the lane, right. which is kind of disappointing because after last, you know, not this past weekend, but the one before, they looked like they had a chance to really build on this and get some momentum and maybe make it interesting. But instead, G2 seizes the opportunity. 2-0's SK takes the week, and they're the team that wants it. So I think it's going to come, it's going to be close, and I'm excited to see where EU is going to go. It just became a lot more interesting. Yeah, I feel like Leon was listening to our podcast, and there's like that meme out there. I don't know, Bludgeon, if you if you're familiar with it, but it's like you know, hold my beer, watch this. And we were talking about how Mount Sports looks good, and then Leon's like, well, hold my beer. Let me. Well, Leon can't you know hold my beer. He's underage. But anyways, my point is that he's like, let me just play something outrageous and absolutely just ruin what we were looking forward to. <laughs> underage drinking yeah, is bad, like kids. <laughs> Something like that. All right, so NA, moving on. Maybe he said, here, hold my lollipop. There you go. Yeah, oh my gosh. We'll see if I leave that in there. You know, I get the final say about what jokes go through and what jokes don't. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the important things. Uh, NA, honestly, a lot happened this weekend. Uh, Some unfortunate things happened. Crude, uh, I kind of blame this on him. I think he jinxed it. He he mentioned the Von C thing, and he's like, no, there's no way. Von C is going to be there. And then you know what? Who's not there? Von C. Von C is tweeting out the day or night before matches or day before matches, basically saying he's dying. Like he's literally saying that he's just throwing up and is bleeding and the wisdom teeth thing is just not going well. So Von C is not going to be present. We're looking at maybe a sketchy weekend for TSM. Um, we can do first up Gangstars vs. Rogue. This is big news. We should celebrate this right away. Gangstars does get uh, their first point. I know that's exciting. Rogue, I didn't watch that match. I really want to know what happened that Rogue dropped a game to Gangstars. I did not you watch know, that either. So I, I kind of watched it. It was happening. And remember, what did I say? I told you that was the match to watch. And something <laughs> exciting happened. happened. Um, it was, I was kind of watching it out of the corner of my eye because I had the multi-twitch pulled up, but it was going on the same time as our match. Uh, in game two, Gangstars just outdrafted the hell out of Rogue. Like, it was a phenomenal throw and draft from Rogue. Right. Like, <laughs> it's not surprising that Gangstars took that match. But the other thing that if you weren't watching it, Gangstars almost won game three also. Like it was really close. I even tweeted about it. I tweeted at Gangstars and at Xenotech and said, "Why do you tease us like that?" They almost took them down. Because yeah, they almost won. Because I believe it was either both teams were down to just the crystal turrets, or both teams were down to bare crystals. I can't remember which, but yeah, it was really close. It was not dominant by any stretch of the imagination. That's surprising. Yeah, we almost had uh, maybe Rogue. Rogue gets all the way uh, to the finals, and so does, uh, not spoiler alerts, everyone, sorry. So does Hammers, but maybe neither of those teams actually deserve to be in the finals this week. Rogue almost lost to Gangstars, and the Hammers-TSM match was kind of questionable. But the first matchups that we will kind of break down more is Cloud9 versus Nova. Uh, Obviously, a lot happened. Cloud9 is trying to get a win in day one, trying to get back to um, the finals. Cloud9's been struggling. They've been having some issues. Um, so we can go ahead and break down some of these matchups real quick. Um, for the first match, we do have uh, Belligerent. Do you, Belligerent, do you actually want to break down this first draft? Because you can see it. 
Uh, yeah, sure, we can. I mean, so they banned Lyra. I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe this just how they value Lyra. Lyra's not a top pick for us, so it wasn't a target ban. Uh, but they banned Lyra. We banned Rhyme. Uh, just, you know, Rhyme, it, Rhyme and Blackfeather are those that are just um, almost insta-bans, in my opinion, right now. Uh, they picked the Kestrel. I'm guessing they picked the Kestrel to take it away from us uh, because everybody is scared of Truth's uh, weapon power Kestrel. That's the only thing that I can think of because if I say old school, does anybody say Kestrel in the association game? No. 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 Adagio. If I if I say old school, it's Fox, it's Adagio, it's maybe even Weapon Paddle at this point, but nobody says Kestrel. So they pick Kestrel, we pick Blackfeather. You're going to, you know, at, in my opinion, Blackfeather the currently the strongest hero in the game. If you're going to give it to us, we're going to take it. It's a flex pick. I can lane it, weapon power lane it. I can jungle weapon power jungle it or I can crystal power jungle it. Uh so then we ban the Catherine. Our thinking behind banning the Catherine is because we don't want to give them Cath Batiste, and we weren't going to take the Catherine. Uh, so they ban Arden. So they are clearly using their bans to target Eco. Uh, maybe put him on some things he's not quite as comfortable with. He, in my opinion, Arden is probably his strongest roam. It's what he's performed the best on since we added him to the starting lineup. And then we go with the Churnwalker. Uh, really, this was... It was kind of just experimental in a way. Not that Cloud9 is the team that you want to experiment against, but if you don't if you don't throw them off and give them something they're not used to, you're going to struggle, in my opinion. At least that's what I've learned after all of the times I've lost to them. <laughs> <laughs> so we go with the Churnwalker. Uh, and in response, they go pedal Lance. I'm not exactly sure where the pedal plays into the Blackfeather Churnwalker that we had on the board. I am not immediately familiar with uh, any counters that pedal uh, provides against Blackfeather and Churnwalker. I'm not uber familiar with Churnwalker, so maybe people are considering pedal a, a counter but I don't know. So the pedal pick uh, made me question a little bit why. I wasn't sure why the pedal came on the board. At the last minute, we thought maybe they were going to do crystal, kestrel, and weapon pedal, but they didn't. They ended up going kestrel in the lane. And then we last picked the Reza. Uh, Blackfeather, Reza, uh, to probably the top two single target heroes in the game. Uh, and then plus with things like On Point, uh, Rose Offensive, and uh, even the the Fire, not Fire Starter, that's his perk. What's the dash? Does anybody know the name of his dash? Uh, Reza's uh, tru- Troublemaker. Troublemaker, there you go. So Troublemaker and uh, Netherform Detonator. You know, those provide a little bit of AoE, and what you really want to pair with Turnwalker is AoE. Um and so that's you know that's just kind of what we were going for, uh, and that's really you know that's a, honestly the that was the comp that I kind of had in my mind when we started that draft and we ended up getting it. So 
Yeah, I mean, Crude, you can talk about some highlights, but real quick, we see Truth going 12-2 and on the Black Feather, and Black Feather is a hero that we see the rest of the weekend, like, performing extremely well. Like you just said, Belligerent, he's, like, probably one of the top laners right now. We see starting play extremely well in Black Feather. So, you know, we're just going to keep an eye on this Black Feather going into Worlds, going into the rest of these splits, just to see if Black Feather is going to maybe be nerfed after this uh 2.9 goes through or if Blackfeather is going to stay strong but Kurt, I don't know if you have anything specific you want to talk about for this match before we go on to the other ones the only thing real quick that I would say is I mean looking at C9 their builds obviously they were trying to blow people up and more I guess more the focus would be on Lone Delphi you could kind of blow him up a little bit easier than what you can a Blackfeather uh, but I mean I don't know I guess that tro that dash that that, uh, that Reza has you know, that that can create some distance. Belligerent, wouldn't you agree that, I mean, looking at that build, it's got two Shatter Glasses, and then, you know, the Kestrel has the, the Tyrant's Monocle with the, with the um, Sorrow Blade to try to, like, blow people up. I mean, is that, is that what they were going for? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, the double Monocle build on Kestrel is pretty common. Uh, we're in a crit meta. Right. Uh, crit is really strong so you're typically gonna see sorrow blade double monocle or like what truth likes to do which is breaking point double monocle uh the the double shatter glass i even had our analyst left ask me while we were observing he's like why is he going double shatter double shatter glass and my response back was well what else would you pick yeah. because nothing nothing else really works on pedal anymore right the frost yeah. doesn't work on pedal uh broken myth isn't as strong as it used to be so he's just he's just really going for flat damage there um yeah. but the the problem with it is reza and and blackfeather are gonna blow either target up way too you know it's like dragon's eye wouldn't have worked on pedal just because the fights i mean you could see that early on in the match fights were not lasting long if truth and delphi were getting onto a target it was over there was there were not long drawn out fights so uh, i think that was really just him going for for flat damage just trying to out damage us yeah spontaneous combustions two shatter glass does a lot of damage but if lone delphi is able to dash that way and uh, really just jump on top of old school and i love joseph obviously reza does a really good job into squishy heroes so uh four and two lone delphi did a pretty good job that uh first match yeah and another thing, just you brought up the spontaneous combustion, but even beyond that, when you have two heroes like a Black Feather and a Reza who are going to be dashing at you or doing Rose offensives towards you, you know those seeds are nothing to laugh at when they blow up, especially if you got double shatter glass. So, right? Um, maybe that was also the thought: is you know they're going to have to rush us if I can get them to rush us through some of my seeds. Um, you know that that will that will just cause that much more damage. But as it turned out, there was just, it was too much for them to handle. And with black feather on the board, Lance is kind of almost, uh, el eliminated from the equation, so to speak, because the Rose offensive just ignores everything that Lance can do. All right. So moving on to game two, crew, do you want to break this trap down? Yeah. So, uh, Nova's on side A. They go ahead and ban away the Rhyme. Uh, pretty standard uh, ban away right now. Cloud9, they go ahead and ban away that Kestrel. Instead of picking it up this time, they get rid of it. Uh, allows Nova to go ahead and pick up that strong Black Feather. Uh, Cloud9 counter that by picking up Arden. Uh, 
Cloud Nine, or I'm sorry, yeah, Cloud Nine, they ban away Lyra. Nova bans away the Cruel. Uh, Cloud Nine, they go ahead and pick up the Vox, and then Nova actually counters that with that Catherine Baptiste. Uh, that's a strong combo with the Silence and the the Ordain coming out there. Quite a bit of CC, and then Cloud Nine, they go ahead and do their uh, their normal uh, Fortress pickup at the end of there. They like to pick up that Fortress. All right, so. Belligerent, I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. I got to call you out. But we hear from you how this Baptiste Catherine is such a strong combination. A lot of teams should kind of get the win when they're on those heroes. What mistakes were made? What macro play maybe went wrong? And what went into C9's favor in this matchup? And, you know, this strong comp from you guys, honestly, that Blackfeather, Baptiste, it has looked really strong. Lone Delphi 1 and 6 really just struggled being able to get damage off. Uh, Isle of Joseph really just, you know, wrecking havoc on that CP Fortress. Well, one of the things is that the Fortress pick was genius. Uh, you don't see that come out of a lot of teams because the Wolves really shut down Baptiste because he can't bad mojo through them which gave us a lot of problems. Uh, the Catherine, you know, Kath Batiste is a really strong comp. It still is a really strong comp just because of the, the all the CC, like uh, Crude already mentioned. But Catherine is weaker this patch. She's not, you know, it's not Starboy playing who, like, Catherine is his favorite. It's Eco who is not really as strong on Catherine as you can... Well, our listeners can't see, but we never got the echo finished. We took too long, in my opinion, to build the echo on Catherine, so we never got to double silences. Uh, Truth and I even had a little bit of a discussion, disagreement, whatever you want to call it, afterwards, because he didn't build any sustain on the weapon Blackfeather. His argument was that with the wolves and the poison shiv, the sustain wasn't going to matter. But my argument back was, yes, the mortal wounds cut down on how much sustain you do, but they don't totally eliminate it. And Blackfeather's kit, it's just like Rona's kit. It's not going to work if you're not sustaining. And so we didn't get that uh, done either. They they took some, re- uh, some early game fights. We gave up some early game fights, and we were just never able to come back from that. They also ran kind of a it, I mean again it, it's C9 and one of the things that I love about Cloud9 is that they don't care what's meta they don't care what's cool they don't care what they're supposed to do they do what works and they ran basically a double roam right Fortress only has the aftershock for right. damage they got the sto- he has the storm crown also, but the storm crown is not as strong as it used to be. But he has war treads, he has atlas, he has a fountain. So they have two fountains, and he has a contract. And he started with the contract. He started with the dragon blood contract, finished with the dragon blood contract. Gabe Vizzle started with the protector contract, ended up selling it. But he also had fountain, war treads, atlas. Crucible. So they really just kind of went hyper carry for old school, who ended up going 11 and 2. And with the changes that I still call them inadvertent changes to Aftershock, Fortress is really strong right now. But I think most importantly that those Fortress Wolves 
really just kind of shut down Batiste. Yeah, that was, uh, I was pretty surprised, honestly, after seeing the draft. Um, but you know, like you just said, Cloud9, they just stick to what they know. They stick to what they're strongest with. Um, so Cloud9, they pick up that second game. We are going to the third game. After seeing Nova win game one, I was pumped. I was like, here we go. We're going to see Nova move on, have a good week. Um, you know, they fell short last week after a pretty good chance of maybe getting to the finals and getting some good points. Even though he picked against us. This is true. Oh. This is true. Hey, just because, no, never mind. Don't have time for that right now. We don't have time for that conversation. (laughs) Uh, Game three draft, though. Uh, We see Cloud9, you know, not necessarily changing uh, too many things up. I think the main thing I'm seeing is really the counters of Eco, really trying to put Eco maybe on someone he's uncomfortable with. Uh, But Cloud9 bans away the the Kestrel right away. Nova goes ahead and bans away the Blackfeather. They see Cloud9 picking up to Arden. Nova picking up the box, banning away that cruel. We see Cloud9 banning away that rhyme. Uh, then we see Nova pick up Churnwalker. Last two pickups for Cloud9 is Fortress and Petal. Uh, so we do have Fortress back out one more time. And then we see the Reza pick up um, for Nova, which I knew Reza was hopefully going to do strong against the Petal if it could get on top of Petal. But, you know, if we have this Fortress and Arden. Going tanky uh, once again. I was worried that Lone Delphi was going to be able to sustain and do, you know, survive long enough to get enough damage off. And it was just an overall rough matchup. This third matchup, twenty-one to zero, and Cloud Nine crew. Let's start with you. Any major things you want to point out first? Well, just the only thing that I really noticed on this is kind of like they did. They they basically mirrored the same draft that they had last time, as far as with the Arden and the Fortress. It's almost like a double roam. I mean, you know the the fortress only has that aftershock. They really focus on uh, old school with you know the double uh, tornado trigger, the sorrow blade, and the uh, oh, what is that? I'm drawing a blank. Thank you, thank you. Yep, uh, yeah. But I mean, it's like they, you know, I mean, he he ended up with four. He was fourteen and zero. Uh, he pretty much just went through everyone on Nova's side. I mean, I don't know, belligerent. I I know you're going to have something to say about this. I'll let you speak, but that's the only thing that I really kind of notice. So here's some, some behind the scenes stuff, I guess. Uh, I don't even know if I should be talking about it, but again, it's nothing that I haven't already said to the team. It's not, you know, they know we had a discussion, but this is a situation of, how like i just said cloud nine's not scared to do something different something new something that's going to win so when we drafted this we drafted the vox we drafted churnwalker and i really have this suspicion but i haven't seen anybody try it yet that cp vox and churnwalker is very strong so i asked truth if he could do cp vox and he said yeah cp vox is great uh, and then they picked the pedal and the fortress, which would have made CP Vox even stronger. <laughs> right. And then we get to our third pick and he's like, hell no, I'm not playing CP Vox. I said CP Vox is great. I didn't say I was going to play it. So <laughs> like, I think in this, if we go CP Vox, Churnwalker and Rona, I think we win this match. 
CP Vox. Mm. We've heard the you know Tasty and Iraqi mention it many many times. We've heard um, Playoff Beard tweet out about CP Vox as well. It's just a hero that a lot of people want to see play to see if it can be successful. CP Vox used to be someone that dominated the fold, so yeah. you know it would have been well, nice. See, I think that because of the way Churnwalker works, if you have all three of them chained, right? He's transferring thirty percent of damage to the that hero a is taking to hero b and c right well if you think about how cp vox works right hero a isn't going to take a whole lot of damage but hero b and c are then going to take bounces that are going to do the majority of the damage and all of that is going to come back to hero a so it's like what works with Chernwalker is Chernwalker and aoe right because you're mm -hmm. transferring all this damage you're getting all of this extra damage CP Vox, I suspect, I haven't seen it yet, but I suspect CP Vox with a Churnwalker would just demolish people, right? Because you're already, like, if anybody who has played against a CP Vox, it's already a pain in the ass to be on the back line with a CP Vox there, especially when your Rome is just, like, standing out in front, being the front line is supposed to be, but basically being a lightning rod for you to die, so if you have CP Vox with Churnwalker, there's so much damage that's getting transferred. And then, like I said, if we throw like a Rona in on top of it, all of them, right, are going to be there. They're going to be fighting. And she starts doing her Red Mist. There's more AoE while CP Vox is bouncing. That was my desire in the draft. But our players weren't comfortable with it, so I had to pick something else. Delphi felt most comfortable on Reza. I didn't like the Reza pick, but there's a fine line there between what I like, what the players like, and where can we meet in the middle. So sometimes you have to give the players what they're comfortable on. Sometimes you overrule them, whatever. Um, but that was really just kind of a communication foobar from our team. And from me thinking that we were going to go with CP Vox and then getting to the last pick and then finding out that we're not going CP Vox. So, yeah, I mean, I this draft, our draft is garbage uh, the way that it worked out, you know, especially into what they had. Right. All right. So that is uh, one of the matchups for day one. We did want to fully discuss um, if we go to our next matchup which is going to be uh tribe versus um tempo storm we're not really going to discuss that matchup too much Tribe basically to owed them um tribe was a team that we were hoping would get to semifinals so we could see a tribe versus rogue we were wanting to see maybe which team uh, is going to be putting the work to get to the finals to try to get that last push for worlds so it was nice to see tribe pick up that one against tempo storm 2-0 now the next matchup is... Can I point something out since we, according to our last gold from the fold, we like picking on production. Okay. How the hell did Cloud9 versus Hammers in the semifinals end at 1-0? Uh, yep, they obviously made a little... This is on their website once again as well. So on, on Twitch it was right, but this is when they put it on their website. They didn't type it in, right? So yeah, it currently is sitting nice. wrong on the website. But, you know, it's whatever. No one even looks at the website, obviously, because they always have little errors here and there. <laughs> um, but next matchup is Hammers versus uh, 
TSM, like I said, Von C is gone, unfortunately. So we have uh, Flash, as in the in the jungle, which is probably the best place for him. We have uh, Lucky Bread coming in in the you know captain position. Obviously, that's probably what he is best at. So it's interesting how it's going to go. Flash is a good player. I don't think he's a Gabe Vizzle who can who is really adaptable. I know Gabe has been. I think I personally believe Gabe can be thrown anywhere, and he'll do a pretty decent job. So it's interesting to see how Flash is going to do. Well, and and don't forget Gabe. <clears throat> excuse me, Gabe Vizzle. Maybe a lot of people don't know this, but Gabe Vizzle was a jungler at right. Gangstars before he became the phenomenal captain that he is. So yeah. uh, the captain position. I might have my timelines from Vainglory wrong, but I believe that C9 is where he started captaining. He, uh, I think he was a captain at one point and then kind of switched to. Yeah, I mean, he might wasn't he a captain before? Spot, but he was definitely a jungler on Gangstars right before he yeah. went to Cloud9. Because I thought yeah. he was with Gangstars with Kaldameek and Iraqi, and he was the captain there, because Kaldameek was a jungler and Iraqi was a laner, and Gabe was their captain. And then when he went over to uh, a ham- one of the Hammers teams, Kinetic, I believe, I think that, I, at least for me personally, I think that's when I remember him becoming like a jungler or laner somewhere else. Okay. Maybe I have my teams mixed up then. Yeah, because I think he but was... I do, I do know that he's played jungle before. And he's played it extremely well, so I, that's why... Another side note, uh, Dragonborn had tweeted out who's like your, you know, 5v5, who's your top five, who would <laughs> your all-star team. And I just stuck with NA. I didn't go into EEA, all the other regions. But I put Evolve and Gabe in the bottom together. And someone's like, why would you put two roams together? And I was like, look, Evolve and Gabe are like the two most skilled, mechanically skilled players out there. If those two are in the same lane together, it's pretty much GG. It doesn't matter who's supporting or carrying. That would be a great conversation for a podcast. Just uh, all 5v5 or? Just all 5v5 or your fantasy teams or whatever. I think 5v5 lends itself a little better to the conversation because you can only pick three, uh, you know, in 3v3. But uh, I think a theoretical discussion like that would make a great podcast. All right. Well, I'll write that down in my schedule, and we will talk about that later. But <laughs> the important <laughs> things now is TSM versus Hammers Crude. Let's quickly go through the first matchup, and then the second one is uh, one of the ones I more want to dive into. So let's talk about the first one. All right. Gotcha. So real quick for the draft, uh, Hammers ban away uh, Blackfeather, TSM banning away that rhyme. Hammers, they pick up Arden. TSM, uh, they pick up that pedal. Uh, hammers, they go ahead and ban away the Lyra. TSM bans away the Alpha, and uh, Hammers go ahead and they, f- or I'm sorry, TSM picks up that Kestrel, and then Hammers pick up the Adagio Samuel, and that's rounded out by TSM picking up that Churn Walker. That, that was uh, that yeah. was fast. I hope everyone kept up with it because he just flew through the draft, which is good. That's what we needed. We he told it. you told me to hurry. I know, I know. So we see real quick. I just want to point out for this game one. Uh, TSM does start off well. Flash X does build double shatter glass. That is obviously a thing for pedal. Kind of confused if pedal's in a bad place right now with what builds to play. Uh, why some people are playing pedal in the jungle? Maybe just because it's used to take away from another team. But starting all over, obviously on a weapon power Adagio, which is strong, has a lot of range. 
Chicken has a lot of good gauntlets in this matchup. 11-11, 24 minutes. Hammers does sneak this one away. So it wasn't the best start for uh, TSM. But, you know, Flash, he does get his first uh, his first win in the jungle. Probably, I think, in all of his VG career. I really don't know that. So someone's probably going to tweet at me and be like, oh, you were wrong about this. But, you know, it's whatever. Um, but I think he does get his first official win in VG and as a jungler. So this draft, real quick. TSM does. You know what career do you do? Because I always do the draft wrong. You always do it right. <laughs> All right. So t we're we're in the second matchup, right? I didn't miss anything there. Nope. Second. You're going pretty quick. Okay. Second matchup. All right. So TSM they go ahead and ban away that black feather. Hammers ban away the Kestrel. Uh, Hammers go ahead and pick up the Lyra, uh, which allows TSM to pick up the Rhyme. I said that backwards, but you get the idea. Uh, TSM, they go ahead and ban away the Vox. Hammers bans away the Arden. Uh, Hammers go ahead and pick up the Pedal. TSM picks up the Churnwalker and the Adagio. And the last pickup is Hammers picking up the Samuel. All right, so TSM, obviously, on Churnwalker, the Rhyme, which Flash goes 6-1. and one. That was pretty cool seeing him uh, play so well in that Rhyme. Best Chuck is playing the uh, Weapon Power Adagio. And uh, starting all over is the Weapon Power Pedal. We see status on uh, Samuel, which is really not Status's playstyle. He's definitely more of like in-your-face, blow-you-up type heroes. So seeing him on a hero like a uh, Samuel is pretty interesting. You know, he goes two and four, kind of struggles. But my question for Belligerent is: this Adagio weapon power Adagio weapon power pedal matchup is that pretty much just come down to skill, like whatever you know, with the rest of the comps, or do any of those heroes actually have an advantage over each other? Because they both have kind of like a natural buff in their kit. They both can, you know, buff themselves, get more weapon power damage. I've just seen a lot of weapon power adagios come out when weapon power pedals on the fold as well. Well, I I mean, I guess it depends on who you're asking, who you're playing. So yeah, it's kind of a skill matchup. But I think in general, I would lean towards Adagio having the advantage just because he has the f longer consistent range. Pedal outranges him when she does the trampoline thing. Right. Uh, but Adagio just in general has the uh, the range. He also has the heal. He has the buff. I don't know the stats in, in uh, uh, Adagio's buff compared to Pedal's trampoline buff off the top of my head, so I don't know who gets the stronger buff. Uh, but I like the fact that Adagio can also use that buff on allies if needed and also heal allies. I like the weapon power Adagio more than I like the weapon power pedal. Adagio also has greater health stats, so not quite as squishy. Doesn't need to be positioned perfectly the way the pedal needs to. Um, so, and I mean, let's face it, it if you can land it, Adagio has one of the more devastating ultimates in the game. Right. I mean, and they basically they basically use the same exact build: Sorrow Blade, Double Tornado, and Tyrant. So yeah, yeah. So it probably definitely comes down to positioning for starting. Uh, he goes obviously two and seven. A little difficult on him for that matchup, but TSM does win. We're going to a best of th our third game. Uh, kind of trying to see if TSM is going to pull through even without Von C. Uh, personally, I think TSM wins this matchup just fine if Von C is there. But, you know, if their matchup does get here, the drafts come through and, you know, Flash X on 
Cruel, which he has, I think, probably played before as a Captain Crawl. You know, just just couldn't couldn't get it done. Unfortunately, Hammer seeing starting all over on Black Feather uh, status on this Alpha, who he uh, you know played pretty well on. He goes four and zero. I was pretty interested. Crude, let's do we want to break down the draft and then discuss this game? Sure, I can do that. Uh, so we got Hammers. They go ahead and ban away the Kestrel. TSM bans away the Rhyme, allowing Hammers to pick up the Black Feather. TSM, they go ahead and pick up Arden. They lock up their captain there. Uh, they go ahead and ban away the Lyra. Then Hammers goes ahead and bans away the Petal. So TSM, they go ahead and pick up that Adagio, which allows Hammers then to go ahead and pick up the Alpha and the Lance as their finals. And then TSM finishes that with that Flash X Kroll. So the crazy thing here is, which I know uh, Best Chuck NA, he did end up selling his boots later on in the fight because they were down and they had to just try to make a play. But, I mean, he does have five offensive items in his kit at the end of the game. Uh, but like I said, he did sell his boots. So uh, he was definitely going all attack power. But, yeah, instead of doing the double weapon power here, uh, Best Chuck is going that crystal. So I thought that was pretty interesting. We haven't really seen that crystal adagio much as of late compared to that weapon power. Uh, and then the only other thing is status is OP on that alpha. Yeah, so Flash X, Breaking Point, Tension Bow, 0-5. You know, really couldn't get it done. Uh, unfortunately, we see TSM fall short this week. Not going to be able to get to the finals. Not going to be able to get those necessary points. Kind of like, you know, SK. We thought if they get to a certain point, they'll get the points they need, and then they'll qualify for Worlds. But we don't have that happening. We have Hammers going to the finals. Uh, does anyone else have one anything else to say before we move on to... I got wait. Did I say finals? Do I mean I mean day two, not finals? Yeah, day two. Look, that the, draft was really bad on TSM. Yes. Yeah, I wonder what their limits were with Flash on Jungle. Like they maybe had. Yeah, a- well, I mean, like I understand part of this has to be like Flash's hero pool. I like I don't know TSM. Obviously, they know their team better. I just talking out of the side of my neck and speaking theoretically, like if it was, if it was my team, I would think that leaving my strongest players in the roles that they're more familiar with, uh, rather than creating two weaker links, as far as captain and jungle, if you left flash in the, the captain position, then your weak link is just jungle. Maybe lucky bread is just garbage at jungle. I don't know, but you you think you make it to the pro level, you can probably at least play all three of them relatively well. Um, but like, I don't, I don't understand the Adagio pick with the black feather on the board. Adagio has zero escape and black feather eats up heroes like that. Adagio, Celeste, uh, Kestrel, Players that have no way to get away from Black Feather, Black Feather is going to destroy you. So I don't really understand the Black Feather pickup there. Uh, I don't recall off the top of my head who was banned, but uh, somebody with a little. Okay, so yeah, we got. Yeah, so you still have Vox on the board. You still have almost every carry except for Kestrel and Petal on the board. I don't understand the Adagio pickup there necessarily and into a black feather and then the alpha just kind of caps it off right adagio's dead kind of point kind of useless in this match because 
even if somehow you miraculously get away from Black Feather and his Rose Offensive, you're not getting away from Alpha. And then the Lance. And then again, I we don't know what Flash's jungle hero pool is, but a Kroll into a Lance just isn't going to work. Like, Kroll is a great counter into the Black Feather and sort of the Alpha. The reason Kroll isn't the greatest into an Alpha is because alpha can just kind of bypass the crawl and get onto your carry and when they have a carry like adagio who can't get away and crawl is not going to be able to run back and forth and really apply those weakness stacks onto the alpha to you know give that adagio a chance so i just really not a fan of this draft not something i usually say about tsm again they don't have their their main players so we can't harp on it too much, but I just, I didn't, I don't understand, especially the Adagio pickup in that draft. All right, so moving on to day two then, uh, semifinals, we do have that uh, talked about match. We had mentioned the Rogue versus Tribe, trying to see which team's going to come out on top here. Uh, this game one draft, uh, we see Rogue picking up a saw. This is a hero that we had, uh, we see them pick up quite often uh, later on in the weekend, Hammy. Play Saw a lot, kind of like this DNZO. Could also be a counter because DNZO obviously played Saw a lot last weekend. Uh, but you know, the Alpha is coming out for the side of Tribe. The pedal, uh, this pedal in the jungle on Sibs, you know, didn't really work out too well at all. Crude, we're not going to break down the draft for this match, but what are your, uh, I don't know, biggest takeaways from this first game with Tribe pretty much dominating? Well, I think the biggest takeaway would be T Tigers on this Crystal Alpha. I mean, he went nine and one. Uh, you know, he pretty much dominated in the jungle. Obviously, Sibs, he went he had that crystal power pedal, uh, double shatter glass again, which I believe the double shatter glass pedal this week was like 0 for three. I don't think it did very well at all. So maybe we should just abort that build, if I'm correct. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but I mean Saw too, like I mean Hammy, like you said, you know, we've seen him play on this this Saul many times before. But uh yeah, one and eight was not good. Uh, I really don't have anything else on it though. So all right, second matchup, tribe versus rogue once again. Uh we're seeing still this emphasis being put on Rhyme being banned away. Rogue obviously wants to respect T Tigers, they ban away the Kashka as well. Um the last two I'll do the bans real quick. Uh, our Blackfeather in Lyra. So that Blackfeather is strong. Obviously, Hammy has played Blackfeather extremely well in the past. But we do see the Alpha being picked up for Rogue along with a Celeste. So I was thinking, ooh, maybe we'll see a Weapon Alpha. I've heard, you know, Weapon Alpha got buffed in 2.8. Maybe they'll play that or they'll just go Double Crystal. Then we see um, the Catherine and the Reza along with that Weapon Powered um, Kestrel in the lane for tribe so this matchup i was looking to see you know if uh sibs was gonna be able to play this alpha just as well as t tigers did uh sibs did play the crystal alpha hammy back on the celeste that he's played um you know in the past he's been known for this celeste he's been known for uh being one of the best Celeste out there but you know danzio did still pretty well on that kestrel um rogue is able to take this win nine to seven i think rogue has been consistently this team that I feel like always loses game one and then they do things in order to come back and win the next two games in order to take the series. 
Uh, I don't know how long that strategy works out. It doesn't, obviously, later on this this weekend as well, we see them not able to do the whole, um, you know, 2-0 the last, the last three in uh, a best of three. I almost said reverse sweep, but, you know, there's currently the controversy it's... about whether or not it's oh my God. we're not getting into that. We don't have time right now. That can be, I'll write that down on my schedule for another podcast, like Belligerent said. We'll put that in the other podcast category or another topic. I know Belligerent has yes. his own opinions on that, but. <laughs> um. Okay, so last matchup. Let's break this one down, though. Let's go ahead and get some questions over to Belligerent so we can get some opinions in. Crude, how about you break down the draft? Uh, I don't have the draft on that one. All right, sorry. I should have known that. That's all right. All right, so Gosh. you want to do it, Belligerent? I was going to. Right, you right, started so talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Kestrel Band, Ryan Band, Adagio, or Adagio, Arden. They both start with A's. Arden picked up, <laughs> Blackfeather picked up, uh, Saw Band, Lyra Band. Uh, then Tribe picks up Alpha, Rogue picks up Rona and Kroll, and Tribe goes with Lance. All right. That's so, why I normally read. That's why I normally read the drafts right there, just so you don't have to worry about that chaos. What? Just throwing that out there. You said Bludgeon did bad right there. Yeah, he I'm said, taking shots at Belligerent. He said Adagio instead of Arden. He made one mistake. <laughs> Dude, you can't mess up. I like, make 12. No I make 12 up. when I do it. Hey, at least I got them in the right order, yes, which is something yes. neither of you can say. Crude normally okay, gets whatever. in the right order. Crude, Crude does a way better job than I do. All right, One anyways. out of six times. All right, all right. All right. So here's, here's what we're going to talk about. Belligerent uh, Tribe, they did their best to completely stack defense. Uh, unfortunately, you have double weapon power, but you know we see Sibs going just a breaking point on this uh, crawl. We see Hammy does have you know a few more damage items with the Bone Saw Serpents and then the breaking uh, the breaking point. But I just still felt like you know Rogue didn't have a ton of damage. I feel like they didn't really have like a super hyper carry. We have T Tigers, Max Green, both have two tier three armor items, and then Danzio has his Atlas. Um, I know you didn't specifically get to watch this one, but you know, is that much armor really working or is it almost worth buying more attack items and trying to kill them sooner? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, Rona has a bone saw. So the more armor you put on, the worse it is for you. Right. That's what I was. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Point. So stacking armor doesn't really work. Um, the Rona pick was great here. Because what does Rona want? Uh, people grouped up. She wants people grouped up. She wants people to come to her. What do Alpha, Lance, and Blackfeather have to do? Come to the Go end. to a... Right. We got A+. Uh, so... Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, the Rona was a great pickup there. Not quite as impactful. Well, I mean, I didn't see the match, but just final stats. Not quite as impactful as I thought, but that could also be cruel stealing a lot of them with the spectral smites for all i know i don't right. know but yeah i mean that's that's really kind of kind of what the i mean that that rona flips this game really yeah. do you know who the real mvp was of this game evil you, when is Evil not the MVP of Rogue? <laughs> Dude, I can't remember if it was this one or the last game, but he, I mean, well, both of them, he played Arden. He had some godly Arden, or Ardens, uh, <laughs> gauntlets. 
He had some crazy gauntlets. Like I'm pretty sure there's a couple in the top top five that I have. So I'm just at least saying, when I messed that. up Arden's name, it was with another A. <laughs> hey, Not it's like, like midnight God. here. All right, it's getting late. All right, it's yeah. No, I mean, but when was the last match? The last Rogue match you watched where Evil wasn't the MVP when they won? True. I mean, I don't know. All right, I'm also kind of mad that none of us have mentioned that Sibs is playing. Like, Pawn the Original is not even playing for Rogue this weekend. It is, like, the original team, uh, Wizard Sibs. He's on, you know, he played with the team. He did, I think, actually really well. Uh, Pawn, obviously, is either sick or has something going on because it just seemed like Sibs was definitely just subbing. It wasn't really like a, hey, let's try a new player. He buckled under the pressure. He buckled under the pressure. Yeah, because I called him out as my player to watch. Oh, okay. See, Belligerent always is causing wreaking havoc on in the scene. But but also remember, you say it was a sub. They're not just trying them out, or they're not just switching the roster. I don't know where they're at with their roster, because if you think back to Mobile Masters, they played their first series with Sibs and not Pawn. True. Pawn. But that was because Pawn was, had some health illness thing going quote on, or they, they all tweeted unquote. that. That's uh, what they I said. think he and, then, and then he was he was okay at the end of the three matches. Suddenly, yeah, he's. I think yeah. he had a. He was nervous. Have you ever had an asthma attack? What? No. Yeah, I've yeah. I've had asthma since I was a child, since I was born. So yeah, I've had asthma attacks. Exactly. It it lasts how long, and then you're good to go. It lasts about two minutes. I puff on my inhaler, and I'm good to go. Well, his was a little longer because he didn't have his inhaler with him. So <laughs> let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have another semifinal to go through still. Okay, yes. Cloud, let's do oh, it. Wow. Cloud Nine beats Hammers one nothing. Yeah, according to the production team, Cloud Nine beats Hammers one. All right, first game. Uh, this this is uh twenty to nine. I'm not even gonna go through the draft. I can't actually go through a little bit. Yeah. Of the draft. Um, we see Saul coming out for Hammers once again, starting all over. Not able to necessarily pull out a DNZO slash Hammy type Saul. He goes 2-10, and kind of struggles uh, to stay um, away from a weapon-powered. Yes, that is a weapon-powered uh, Sky from old school. I love Joseph. Let's just continue playing this double Rome uh, fortress. It's just it's it's crazy how well this fortress art in combination works. And then they really just put old school on anyone they want and it's gonna work out basically i love joseph with the null wave gauntlet just so much cc coming out of the out of these members uh so pretty pretty rough matchup for hammers here uh chicken or status sorry he did his best seven six on this rhyme uh crude go ahead and break down second match and then the third match will completely break it down okay second match uh we got hammers banning away pedal we got cloud nine they go ahead and ban away that saw uh, that allows Hammers to go ahead and pick up the Rhyme, and then Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up the Kestrel. Uh, Cloud9 then bans away the Black Feather. Hammers ban away the Arden. Cloud9 picks up the Lyra. Hammers bans away the Adagio, and once again, we see Fortress, but this time it's with Hammers. And then Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up the Kashka for their last pickup. So the Fortress counter or pickup was forced because of the, just how... Deadly Isla Joseph has been on this fortress uh, recently. But it's a Rome fortress. Uh, surprisingly, it works. Maybe uh, that's the secret. Or maybe it's just the fact that starting was on the weapon power Adagio once again. 
Uh, you know, seeing I Love Joseph on this Kashka that he used to be so strong on was nice, uh, but unfortunately not able to do the damage he needs. Also with old school on the weapon power Kestrel. You know, just couldn't get it done. Alright, so game three, Cloud9 hammers. Uh, right away, Cloud9 goes and bans away the Kestrel. Hammers, uh, they're going to ban away that pedal. Obviously respect old school's uh, weapon power pedal. Cloud9 picks up Arden. Uh, hammers picks up the Rhyme. Bans away Fortress. Cloud9 bans away Lyra. Hammers pick up uh, Blackfeather. Cloud9 pick up Kroll and Vox. And then we have a Lance picked up for Hammers. Uh, so Blackfeather back on the uh, the field for starting all over. Like I mentioned earlier, starting all over. Plays Blackfeather extremely well towards the end of Sunday. Um, we see Hammers actually being able to pick up this game three. Um, not really sure what happened on the side of Cloud9. When they have this Vox in their hand, normally they do pretty well. But Old School goes 0-8. and eight. Absolutely gets dominated by starting all over. Can't stay safe. We don't have one Atlas on the side of uh, Cloud9. Crew, do you have anything before uh, before Belligerence takes over? Uh, not really. The only thing I would say is I think it was uh, you know brilliant by uh, Hammers to pick up two Crucibles. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of CC coming out of C9. Um, they have that uh, Kroll's ultimate from Hell's Why can I not think of it? Thank you, man. I'm struggling today. Wait, and for then it. Uh, Arden's Gauntlet. Shut up. <laughs> and wait for it. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's just hand it over to Belligerent before it gets even worse. We technically didn't ask him a question, so let's see if he can just come up with something to say quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought would, you did. No, I never. I did. would really like to like pick the brains of Cloud Nine and maybe Physics since she's back with Cloud Nine. If she was part of this, in my mind. There are two like must ban or must pick heroes. And somehow you put yourself in a draft where you give both of them to hammers. Rhyme and Blackfeather. Rhyme and Blackfeather are the two most broken heroes in the game right now. In every patch we have a broken hero. That's fine. I can't remember the last time we didn't have a hero that was just really unbalanced when compared to the rest of the heroes. So not, you know, I'm not coming down on SEMC about that. It, balancing 36 heroes and counting now is very tough. Right. Every moment as, has it. As, yeah. Especially when you're talking about, they come out with a new patch every month. So they have what, like three weeks at the most to try and figure out all these balancing issues. But Rhyme and Blackfeather, to me, are if you don't want to pick them, you got to ban them. If you're not going to ban them, you have to pick them. Yep. And to let two sets of bans go through and not ban either of them and let the other team get both of them. Like, I don't care who you put chicken on. You could have put chicken on Rome Petal for all I care. <laughs> It's Blackfeather and Rhyme. Like, you're not going to beat that comp. So I'm... I, And maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe there is a theory behind their draft that I'm not familiar with. Maybe they feel they can counter it. Obviously, they couldn't. But maybe... Like, that's why I would love to just... Because Cloud9 doesn't typically make just 
head scratching draft choices. And so like I would like to understand what it was they were thinking or yeah. if they just missed it. Like I've had drafts where I just go, "Oh, no." <laughs> um, you know, it was like when we were in Los Angeles for the lives uh last season, we had the opportunity to get Kath Batiste when it was uber strong and we missed it and I picked Celeste second instead of the Catherine second. But the other team let Batiste go all the way through. So or no, the other team let Catherine go all the way through. So we did end up with the Kath Batiste, but not in the order that like I should have picked it. Right. And so there's just those moments where you're like you're thinking in one direction and they throw a curveball at you. So maybe it was that. But I, I'm just really curious about how you give the other team Rhyme and Blackfeather. Yeah, I mean, they banned away that Lyra again, which they banned away Lyra against you. So maybe Lyra is just someone they really don't like playing against. Uh, well, it, but like Lyra to me makes a lot more sense against Hammers than it does against uh, Nova because Chicken's favorite captain is Lyra without question. Like, that's who chicken likes to roam with is Lyra. So that I get against hammers. I still don't understand it against us, uh, but that I get against hammers because that's like chickens go to. All right. So hammers is able to take down cloud nine, move on to the finals. We have hammers back in the finals. Once again, um, let's see if they're going to be able to actually uh, win. actually get that first place position was starting back in the lineup. They are against Rogue, though, who is uh, playing pretty well. Uh, has been in drafting some interesting comps, playing some interesting heroes, has their uh, sub-sibs on the fold with them. So I was pretty excited for this matchup. Hopefully, maybe Rogue could uh, finally get that first place win, get some extra points. Uh, but they do end up getting the amount of points they need to take over TSM spot. But anyways... First draft, uh, real quick, Hammers gets the Blackfeather right away, which becomes the theme that you need to be banning away the ha uh, the Blackfeather from um, from starting all over. Uh, unfortunately for Rogue, it did work out in this case for them. But Hammers, they ban away Arona, so we are seeing Arona being kind of emphasized here in this matchup. Uh, Rogue gets the Saw in the Churnwalker along with the Rhyme. Saw is still someone Hammy is playing a lot. Hammers picks up the pedal. Uh, we see pedal a lot when there's a turn walker on the fold. So it'll be interesting to see if pedal is kind of solidified as a possible counter for turn walker. That's still kind of up in the air. Um, but in this matchup, Rogue does win 11 to 2. Sibs, 3 and 1. Uh, Hammy, 7 and 1. They absolutely just screwed. I know you had mentioned this that the, they were just flying through turrets. They were pushing into the base like within seven minutes. It was, yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, Chicken could not get an Atlas Pauldron quick enough. And even, in the, you know, if he got it quicker, I don't think it really would have mattered because Hammy would just, he started out on such a tear and just the snowball effect was so bad in this game that, I mean, it was amazing. Like, I, I thought for sure this would be maybe one of the quickest games we'd ever see in, like, Vanglory history. But ended up at that, you know, there's been a game that went less than that. But I don't even know which one that is. But, yeah, it was, it was bad. I guess I did say starting was on Blackfeather. It was status on Blackfeather, the crystal Blackfeather and jungle. So that's, you know, maybe starting would have been on the Blackfeather. It would have worked out better for them. But the pedal was weapon. So I'd completely messed well, up. Well, yeah. I mean, what counter saw? 
Uh, Atlas? I mean, is that a trick question? <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> Stuns. Oh, right? Okay, like, okay. like your traditional comp. That counter saw is like Catherine and Celeste. You just combo those stuns and shut them down. Right. Atlas shuts, Atlas shuts them down, yes. But only Chicken has Atlas. And if Lance get close enough to, to saw to Atlas, then Lance is going to die. Yeah. Right? He doesn't have... Like, you want... Like, Blackfeather should have prioritized a an Atlas because you can instantly jump saw and Atlas him. And I understand that Hammers had... Uh, two heroes picked before the saw came out but with your last hero you don't pick somebody who has a stun in their kit with all of the heroes that, that's like none of the heroes minus uh kestrel's mist have a stun so every hero on in the game that has a stun is available and you don't pick one to try to counter the saw i don't understand it yeah yeah that it was an interesting decision, so maybe a little bit of a throw on Hammer's side there, which you know gives Rogue that first win. Uh, we see Rogue they actually win the first game instead of having to come back and win the next two. So in the second draft, though, uh, we see Alpha coming out for Hammers. We see status on this Alpha once again. They pull a little play out of Cloud Nine. They pull out the Fortress. It is the Rome Fortress, though. So you know we're not seeing um, that carry fortress basically in the jungle position uh, but then for rogue we do see the baptiste and the kestrel um, come out and you know it was a decent matchup i guess unfortunately uh, vainglory's production once again didn't show us the builds at the end of this match so i don't have the builds yeah. i don't know yeah you get the th- same thing Yep, I don't have the builds either. Well, starting goes seven and one on the Black Feather, so you know he's performing. He got the Black Feather this game instead of putting on status. Status, you know, he was a big uh, more of uh, distraction using his um, recharge to keep him. Is that wait? What's his? What's his ultimate? Infinite reboot. Oh, infinite no. reboot. Reboot. No. Yeah. Belligerent. Quiet. No. Okay. Oh, um, the ultimate Alpha's <laughs> ultimate. Yeah. It's called. Alpha's ultimate is called Termination Protocol. Termination uh, Protocol. That's oh. infinite. What's if what's infinite reboot is a heroic perk? Oh, okay. Ah, which does work together. Okay. Anyways, back to I'm my, not a caster. Sorry. Back to my original uh, <laughs> original point is that Rogue, uh, you know, let starting on uh, Blackfeather. Starting traditionally as a player that plays really well on Ringo, on Kestrel. We haven't really seen him dominate on another hero like this. So it's interesting to see him pull out this Blackfeather. Uh, obviously, it's probably because Blackfeather is just broken. I feel like a lot of the laners right now would perform this well on Blackfeather. So I'm surprising not to see more teams uh, putting an emphasis on banning him away. But the last matchup is what we can kind of dive into more. Uh, Why Batiste? For the second matchup? Yes. Oh, see, that's funny because I was just really about to say I like the Baptiste pick, but you're gonna about to prove me wrong on that. So yeah, no, like when when we when Nova was known for our Batiste, Captain Batiste or Jungle Batiste, and it was so funny to me. Like when we used to do it, we'd pick Batiste, ban Blackfeather, and then you'd hear the 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 an analyst desk go, I don't know why they're banning Blackfeather. It's because Blackfeather counters everything Batiste wants to do. 
He yeah. rose offensives out of the ordain. He rose offensives through the fear. It's just like Black Feather's already on the board. Why would you last pick Batiste? Not well, to were, mention, were they hmm? were they focusing were they focusing more the alpha and the fortress, the movement speed, and then you know, I mean, how how alpha can dive? They can try to ordain that. But that's the, the only, that's the only thing I was saying. Here's the thing with Batiste. Batiste is really good against one mobile hero, but when you have Alpha, Black Feather, and Fortress, he can't stop all of it. He's a sitting duck. He has no escape. If you have one, like if it's a Koshka with like you know Vox and Lance or something, or something like that, then you can ordain the Kashka, you can lock her down. But when you have Alpha who can dive you, Black Feather who can dive you, and Fortress who can dive you, your ordain's worthless. You you ordain one of them, the other two dive you and blow you up. He has no escape, especially when you let Black Feather onto the board, because then your fear doesn't even stop all of them. Yeah. True, true. And you know, and then on top of it, you already had the Kestrel and the Arden picked. I get it. But with the alpha on the board, you're going to pick Batiste into alpha. Batiste has no escape. Pick somebody with an escape. Yeah, right? Because like yeah. alpha can dive anybody she wants. She just has to hit them with her. Uh, uh, I can't even think of the name. Prime of Prime directive. Prime directive. Yeah. We are all helping each other out tonight. I no, love like, it. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> because I like I knew there was a P. It's like I'm like it's P. It's P. It's P. And the only thing I could come up with was freaking protocol because I just told you about termination protocol. Hey, I reminded you of Troublemaker earlier, so yeah, I helped you, you out. Um, but like Alpha can dive from such a far distance. If you don't have like even a weapon, Kestrel has somewhat of an escape because if she gets hit with Prime Directive, being weapon power, she can instantly go invisible. And then lock lock Alpha down with the with the the stun from the mist and get out of there. But Batiste into Alpha doesn't make any sense at all. He doesn't do enough. Like Alpha, you have to burst down like instantly and constantly, and Batiste just doesn't do enough of that. So I don't understand the Batiste pick here. Yeah, I feel like there have been a lot of other different heroes. Uh, probably could have played and done well on. So the last draft, like Kroll, or- Kroll wasn't even banned in that draft. Yet double weapon. Double weapon would have worked great. Um, the last draft, though, Rogue and Hammers. Game three. Uh, Rogue pretty much goes with the same exact uh, comp. They went with the Churnwalker. Um, Saw, I think that's the same comp as game one. Uh, no, they had a Rhyme instead no, of the Alpha. They had Rhyme. But yeah. either way, you know, still kind of getting the same results here. A Tasty had mentioned that he thinks Rogue has his game on lockdown. Uh, Hammers does have the. Arden, Blackfeather, and Kashka. So, you know, Tasty's like, well, they just, they did really well game one with it. They couldn't stop the push out of the saw. Turnwalker does a great job of just hooking everyone, keeping them close to saw. Saw's spun up. But this time we have a Blackfeather and a Kashka. Uh, you know, two heroes that can jump on top of saw with atlases and get atlases down a lot, you know, a lot more efficiently. Hammy's going to have to, you know, reflex that, try to stay away from those atlases. And it was a pretty close matchup. Um, you know, Hammy tries to do his best to stay alive. He had a couple misplays. Uh, Chicken had some crazy gauntlets. There's a time where he put a gauntlet down on top of Saw. Saw a roadie run, but he shanked back into the gauntlet. And then there was another gauntlet that landed on top of him. So it was like a double stun yeah. situation. It was That was a great play as well. So, uh, Crude, what are your main takeaways? Hammers does win this, does become our champion of our weekend number three. 
Yeah, my really only takeaway is starting all over, focusing again. Once again, he had, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, he had four offensive weapons or weapon items <laughs> there doing some serious damage. Yeah, so that's the only thing I really want to say about that. Status uh, win. This, this was the game where Hammy sells his boots at the end and then starting also sells his boots at the end. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This is true. But I'm just saying still, like, the amount of damage that's coming out of starting all over at the end there. Yeah. So if we think back to game one, what did I complain about? Um, Stuns. Right. And so what do they add this time? They add a Kashka with a stun. And what else do they do? They have an Atlas Pauldron on Kashka <laughs> and Blackfeather who can both get to Saw. It's amazing how it works to shut down Saw if you do it right. But when you had like the game one, they had no stun and they only had Atlas Pauldron on an immobile captain. Yeah, they definitely adapted. So that's pretty uh, pretty good job for Hammers there to actually see what they did wrong in the game one. Say, okay, well, this comp from Rogue is good, but it's not like it's not unbeatable. They just had to play the right comp. So, you know, props to Hammers to actually, you know, winning this matchup. I think, I forget who tweeted out from Rogue, but they were like, you know, GG's the Hammers, a lot to learn still. So I think they have some things they're trying out that they're trying to, you know, figure out how to accomplish this. But, you know, it was a pretty crazy weekend for NA altogether. Seeing Hammers uh, in the first place position is kind of interesting. But, you know, like I said, Rogue does get enough points needed. Uh, they do go ahead and take over that first place spot. Rogue's at the top with 24 Cloud9's with 23, TSM's at 23, so we have a tie currently for second, so I'm assuming if we ended right now, uh, well I guess now that doesn't matter because Rogue's first, so Rogue would obviously get the world spot at first, uh, Hammers 19, Tribe 15, Nova 14, Gangstars with 1, let's celebrate, that's that's huge news, Gangstars is on the board, Temple Storm unfortunately was 0, so uh, biggest takeaway of the weekend for me. Sibs is back. Rogue at the top with 24. We'll have to see what happens uh, this next weekend. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I Like, I understand the thought process behind, behind Chernwalker and Saw. I just think you need something else um, because Chernwalker doesn't have any... You either need Peel or you need Heal for Ooh. Saw. I get, They got away with it in game one, but I, in my opinion, that's more because hammers through with their builds and their hero choices but with saw you need heal or you need peel right you gotta like be able that. to keep people off of him or you gotta heal him up so he can just keep moving forward i don't think like i, I understand the thought process is because turn walker is going to spread around all of the damage that saw is doing but who who is has anybody who's ever played this game thinks does anybody think that Saw needs help doing damage? No. No. Yeah, Saw no. needs help staying alive. And you moving. keep Saw alive. <laughs> yeah. You, if you keep Saw alive, he'll blow people up. I mean, the, you don't need the extra damage with the Turnwalker. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do our picks, our final points then. Uh, Belligerent, he got two points in NA. He does pick up a. Uh, tribe pickup, a rogue pickup, and then I 
got a little, not, I think luck, I would say. I originally had Tribe winning, but I switched last second to Rogue. I had a gut feeling, so I do get those extra points from Rogue. I end up with five points in NA, and in Crude, he only has two. So Crude got four, I got um, seven points, and Belligerent got five. Total points currently endless. What, didn't didn't I pick Rogue over Tribe? Uh, nope, you picked Tribe. I don't think I did, but okay. Really? <laughs> I I, sh- I I do need to go back and check that. So currently, I'm going to go back and listen, but I don't think I picked Tribe over Rogue. All right, all right, I could be wrong. Um, that would be unfortunate. But for now, uh, I'm at the top with 47. Uh, Crude is with 46, and Belligerent is with 42. If Belligerent did pick Rogue, he uh, would be at 44. So either way, I'm at the top. So everyone who, aka Crude and Belligerent, who made fun of me day after day for getting crappy points early on, I finally redeem myself. I'm at the top by one point. We still have a a lot of Vanglory left. Two weekends is a lot. Yeah, I have a lot to mess up. Careful. So uh, bite your tongue. We will. I think that's all I have. We will uh, finalize Bloodrain's points. If I mess up, I will never hear the end of it. So I'll make sure Bloodrain <laughs> does get his right points. Either way, he's at forty-two or forty-four. At least I can say that. I'm already, I'm already handicapped enough, but they keep trying to handicap me more. That's true. Oh, here we go. I'm endless. Thank you guys for listening to this episode fifty. Big milestone. If you guys have been with us since the beginning, we appreciate you so much. Follow us at Twitter, TFR underscore esports. Be looking out for uh, the ice giveaway and maybe other things with the whole 50-episode party. Woohoo! Uh, crude, belligerent, thank you guys for joining me. Send yourself off. Let's end this episode. We, wait, we need a secret word. Secret word for what? Like, in order to enter the giveaway, you have to a secret word in this episode to make sure they listen to the 50th episode. Uh, watermelon. Watermelon? Watermelon. <laughs> He's delusional. It's too late in the night for him. <laughs> no, I like it's it because second. it's not something that they could guess. Yeah, see? Boom. Nailed it. It's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Chris. You were going to go with like you were going to go with like alpha, right? And someone could have easily guessed that without actually having to listen. Has nothing to do with Vanglory. Has nothing to do with anything. Just so, random. So, look out for the giveaway. You're going to have to enter the use the word watermelon to get qualified. Watermelon is the key, I guess. We, if you yeah. use the word watermelon, you get uh, five extra entries. You know, and as happy as I am that Gangstars finally got their first win, I'm really disappointed that they got their first win. <laughs> Why is that? Because now next week we don't get a matchup of the uh, zero versus zero. <laughs> you got to change your matchup to watch? Oh, the <laughs> yeah, the Gangster versus Tempo. That's right. Yeah, Gangster versus Tempo. We don't get that oh, zero yeah. zero anymore where somebody has to finally get a point. All right. Well, we're still doing a prediction episode. We can talk about that later in the week in our next episode. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm belligerent. Follow me at belligerent underscore VG. And I am Crude Sloth. Follow me at Crude Sloth VG on Twitter. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. Later. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Time for Rolling. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play Music and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Time for Rolling and at TFR underscore esports. Until next week for another edition of Time for Rolling.